0: Good evening, wool gatherers, and welcome to the 124th episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we're going to review the latest record from Ozzy Osbourne, Patient Number Nine. It features a whole host of amazing musicians on this thing are Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Mike McCready, Zach Wild, Tony Iommi, uh, Duff McKagan, Chad Smith, Robert Trujillo, Taylor Hawkins. Um, It is a veritable who's who working with Ozzy on this record, and Mr. Mundy and I are going to break this down and let you know if it was truly worth it, did it come through the way we would think it would. We're also going to talk a little bit about Beauty and Chaos and uh, their latest documentary that aired uh, just a couple days ago. It's really good if you haven't seen that. And we're going to do a quick stump Mr. Mundy, and we're going to talk about Sandman number 16, and probably dabble a little bit in She-Hulk and my new favorite character, Madison, with a Y, but who knows where that is. So anyway, I'm Foggy, your host, and joining me, as always, is Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, it's boy band time, it's Metalhead
1: Monday. Hey. I just hope that I can live up to trying to be the wongers to
0: your Madison. Wongers, you're the man. You know, I wonder every time we show that opening, do you think the people know which one is Metalhead Monday? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they think it's that really good looking guy on the left. I blend in so well. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And, uh, hey folks, um, lots of new followers on Apple and, um, Lots of people checking us out on SoundCloud, and so I wanted to thank you for that. Um, Please, if you're watching, comment. Send us some stuff uh, as we're doing the show. And again, if you like what you hear, like what you see, please subscribe. Leave us a comment because we know we can get better. We'd like to do that, and feel free to share it with your friends.
1: Yeah, I think uh, every podcast I listen to, they talk about the rate and review, how that helps. So, you know. Yeah throw us some of that business and uh, we appreciate anybody that stops by our little neck of the woods. And we definitely want to hear from you what you like, what you don't like may not change what we do, but we still want to hear it, you know? And feedback. again,
0: it might change what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we might go, dang, they're right. We're losers. And uh, eh, I don't something. know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay. We're just going to get it out of the way because we've already mentioned Wongers and Madison, but episode four, Of She-Hulk was absolutely hysterical. And it's, I I put this on Twitter. I put it on Facebook. Madison needs to be the new Marvel cameo. She needs to pop up in every movie somewhere. (laughs) Huge fan.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I (laughs) I really like, I cannot look at Wong now without thinking Wongers. It's, (laughs) I I just, yeah, wow. Wow.
0: Uh, or sitting around watching TV with Madison, which yeah. cracks me up. So. I mean, he's got
1: he's to gotta burn through the Sopranos or she's going to burn. She's going to spoil <laughs> them all. Not,
0: yeah, I wasn't sure. Like the first time she popped up during the magic show, she was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. But then as she kept reappearing, the courtroom oh, yeah. scene was just brilliant. And then every scene with Wong was amazing.
1: I think her and Wong might be our next great love story. I don't know.
0: I I think you might be right. They're going to be the next Rocket and Groot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you guys aren't watching uh, She-Hulk, you really need to do it. It's just like uh, so a good. great little sitcom. It doesn't yeah. take itself seriously, and it is a lot of fun.
1: It it really is. And I mean, it. like I said, I think I said it before, coming out of like Moon Knight, which was just so dark. It, there was a little bit of humor, but it was just so dark. And, you know, then... Uh, Ms. Marvel is obviously skews younger, you know, but it was really great, and this is just like a flat-out sitcom, and it's 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 really cool to see Marvel. I mean, kind of sticking their toe in everything, and they're doing it all really well so far. So I'm I'm really loving this little batch of the Disney Plus shows.
0: Yeah, there's truly something for everybody, and um, they just do everything so well, which is just surprising. Uh, Kevin Feige used to get a lot of kudos for what he has put together
1: yeah bringing the right talent to the right (laughs) projects i think
0: Yeah, and casting is a point on so all right well anyway that was it for she hulk now we have to get down to real important musical stuff do you want to uh you want do you want to get stumped first uh i mean sure we never we never stump you son of a biscuit (laughs) I really should just make this so incredibly difficult, you never would get it. But that wouldn't be fair. That would be against the spirit of breaking you.
1: It really wouldn't be that difficult to do. Uh, well, I mean, I'd have know. to
0: go outside your wheelhouse, though.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was getting ready to say if you just throw a band that I don't care about or whatever, then that wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, here it is The Challenge Inspired by the Great Lester Bangs. I'm going to read. Some comments from a review and Mr. Mundy is going to select the musical group or album that it's talking about. And so for this one, uh, this is a debut album. All right. The okay. band gained worldwide fame for their second and third album. But this is kind of a favorite among a lot of fans. So we'll see what you think. Are you ready? Okay. This is actually a comment by a member of the band. Like, what if I took the lyricism of Bob Dylan and combined it with the riffs of Black Sabbath, then the atmosphere of love and rockets? Can I put these things together? So I just kind of built my own world to where I had enough information and enough of a logic system that I started from a point of, I don't want to do anything that anyone else is doing. And it's only going to work for me if I go down this path. And that is a direct quote from the lead singer of this group and their first record.
1: Hmm. Is he, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but is he just a singer? No. Okay.
0: Oh, I think uh, we have a comment. I already love this man. Oh, yeah. Guarantee that's my daughter because uh, yes. he mentioned Bob Dylan. So
1: yeah. As soon as I saw it, I knew that was this. So, <laughs> Um,
0: huh. I'll see if she can figure out who I'm talking about.
1: Wow. So <laughs> say that, say it again. The, the lyrics of Bob Dylan.
0: Yeah. The lyrics of Bob Dylan, the riffs of black Sabbath, black Sabbath. And the atmosphere of love and rockets. Woof. Second, third album. Catastrophic or catastrophic, sorry. Atmospheric Heights. They just, book off but the first one really is a fan fave
1: smashing pumpkins
0: boom nailed it (laughs) yeah I thought that would be the only thing that would help narrow you in you you can see the the points when he talks about heavy riffs especially on the first record and then the atmosphere you kind of get it but when the second and third album was the helper I
1: think yeah that yeah, all of that makes sense. But yes, that is all of that with that tidbit of the, you know, second third album that that kind of tips it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. Damn it,
0: he got us again.
1: That's a good one. That okay, a I'm good one. I'm gonna do one minute. for
0: John Denver next week. See if you get that. <laughs> oh, I just told you. Yeah. My daughter would be commenting on that for sure. I would say she'd probably give it away. <laughs> 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 oh, we'll get one of these weeks. We're going to have a real challenge again. Hopefully, tea bags be on next week so we can do our lyric challenge. That'll be exciting. So, until then, we're going to talk about beauty and chaos, our good friends.
1: All right.
0: Yes. They just had a new documentary called Unveiled. If you are interested in that, um, there it is. You can find that at jammer.direct forward slash unveiled. It's, um, basically breaks down the latest record the one that um that they did with all female singers and it kind of yes. highlights each singer and talks about the behind the scenes and it's really cool
1: uh it was yeah um i don't know i feel like i don't know i i didn't understand when they first rolled out like the ads and stuff for it or the not ads but posts and what i wasn't mm-hmm. sure exactly where to get it i've never heard of this jammer thing, <laughs>
0: but I think it's part of jammer zine, which does a lot of uh, okay. reporting of beauty and chaos. stuff. They do a really nice job. Their articles are great. And uh, okay. they're very supportive of Michael and what he's doing. There you go.
1: Yeah. It's just something that I hadn't seen before. So, um, but uh, that makes sense. Like if they produce it and if they cover them a lot, then yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's a simple link. You just go there and it takes you right to it and you hit play and you're going.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and it's like a little, I mean, it's, just under 40 minutes quick little doc and yeah like you said they dive deep into each track and talk to each of the is it, it's six right each mm-hmm. of the six vocalists and they kind of talk about where their lyrics came from and you know uh all of them kind of say what a genius and a wonderful guy michael is michael Cervolo is so i that was funny But, uh, I'm sure you don't think he paid
0: him, did you? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm sure he hated that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I I mean, if you like Beauty and Chaos, which obviously we do, and that EP was fantastic, I mean, all Mm. of those vocalists are crazy talented. So, and we've had two of them on the show. So, actually, three counting Tish, three counting Tish, but, Mm. uh, yeah. So this is obviously friends of the show, but uh, it was very cool.
0: Yeah, I think you're. You know, we we kind of laugh about the the calling him a genius and everything, but I think his true genius is. Uh, uh, he's a great guitar player, clearly, and he runs a company and all that. But his genius seems to be in selecting the right people yeah. for the songs that they sing, because he always has somebody excellent doing the work.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he. He's obviously made a lot of connections and uh, relationships over the years. And also, he's kind of in a position. I mean, being the president of Schechter Guitars uh, will never hurt, you know, your chances of somebody saying yes if you reach out to ask him to do something for you. So (laughs) there's that. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know... He seems to put the right pieces together with these songs, and um, I mean, on all of his projects, even the remixes that like people he chooses to, you know, manipulate his songs into something new, it's pretty uh, pretty outstanding.
0: There you go. Try to show that without the light. My light system is less than fantastic but there it is that's the record behind the mm-hmm. veil and so unveiled is the clever title uh, yes. for the documentary and so
1: i feel like we should also say full disclosure um we actually got a shout out in the credits which does not suck so <laughs> that yeah. was pretty pretty awesome you sent me the screen grab of it and then i watched it and i was like holy crap there it is that's pretty cool
0: yeah, there's a liner inside of all the ladies. Um, you got uh, Tish, his wife, singing on Afterlife, which I absolutely love. I think lyrically it's uh, stunning. And then um, Elena Alice Fossey, Kiss of the World, Pinky Turzo on Not Your Fault, which I love that song. She's so good. Whitney Ty, Friend of the Shoe on Orion. Uh, Cynthia Hussey, um, Open Wound Heart. She's also the wife of Wayne Hussey, who works a lot with Michael. And Betsy Martin does Grasp the Stars. Uh, she reminds me like an old school, just raw singer who just oh, yeah. puts it all out there. Really yeah. interesting.
1: I Watching this too, it, I mean, it, it really just kind of made me want to, I mean, it gives me more music to seek out because, you know, it's all, all of these ladies have their own projects mm-hmm. and It just makes me want to find all that and check all that out.
0: Yeah, and I've gone back and listened to a bunch of it, and it is good. I mean, I can see why he picked them. And I think, too, I really liked the record when it came out. I really liked the songs, but it was interesting hearing from the people who sang them and wrote the lyrics just a little bit deeper. The website actually has some notes about what the songs are about, but the ladies on the uh, documentary go in a little bit more depth and it kind of gives you a better idea what the songs are about. And it makes them just, I think that much more important. So good stuff. Yep. So check that out. There's your link right there. We'll put it in the show notes in case, uh, especially if you're listening, you can't see it up there um, at jammer direct cool stuff. And you can also go to beauty and chaos and you can order uh, all of the albums there. Uh, you can get records, you can get digital downloads. I think you can get CDs, right? Didn't new- you? Order I think a CD? So, yeah. yeah, I think so. So that's pretty awesome. And I'm trying to convince him to do a baseball cap with beauty and chaos on it. Cause right now there isn't one. So
1: I think uh, T Bags got a mug, didn't he?
0: He did. He may have even bought the, uh, you get the beanie, the little sock hat, you know, that's cool. There I almost go. thought about it, but I'd much rather have the baseball cap and I wanted to yeah. have the one that says be the calm, be the storm. Yeah. Somewhere on the hat. I think that'd be super cool. So there you have it, everybody. Check that out. All right. So that brings us to Ozzy Osbourne. What a record featuring tons of talent. Yeah. Uh, Was there any person on here that worked with him? I mean, without just commenting directly on on the record, but that just stood out as, man, that was a collaboration. That was uh, a piece of guitar playing, or whatever it is that just blew you away.
1: Um, there was actually two songs that uh, the combos they put together on, like mm-hmm. the band on right. on that track. There was two different ones, and uh, one of them was. Uh, let me see. I got to look at my notes here. Um, that is. So, yeah, Mr. Darkness is mm-hmm.
0: uh Zach Wild,
1: uh, Zach Wild, Robert mm-hmm. Trujillo, and Taylor mm-hmm. Hawkins. Yeah, whoa,
0: <laughs> yeah. that was yeah, that was an excellent song.
1: And then, um, Degradation Rules is mm-hmm. uh Tony Iomi, Robert mm-hmm. Trujillo, and Chad Smith.
0: And part of the influence and in one of the lines um, was from Taylor Hawkins. Cool, yeah he gave him a lot of credit on that.
1: Yeah. But so, yeah, who played, it's all, uh, who like, played the harmonica I mean, on that? Yeah, oh yes. That well, that was one of my notes for that song was Ozzy's harmonica. It's like that I mean, the first time I heard that was in the Wizard from Black Sabbath and mm-hmm. that's classic absolute mm-hmm. one of the classic harmonica lines mm-hmm. in a, you know, a heavy song. And this was Mm, not quite up there with that, but it's always cool to hear Ozzy cool. play.
0: Yeah, that was good. Cool. And then it was also in dark side blues. Uh, yeah. It sounded like we had a pedal steel and, and uh, harmonica as well, but that was mm-hmm. from uh, early 2020. So that wasn't new for this record. Okay. All right. Let's dig in. I will just say up front, that I was not blown away by the record when these names were included. I thought I was going to be floored. I thought there were some really high points, and there was a lot of middle ground for me. But um, I didn't um, hate. I didn't hate anything.
1: Yeah, same. I think on my first listen through, I was yeah. I think I was expecting more out of it, and it just felt like uh, this is the same production team and Mm -hmm. it's andrew watt again who did the last record and my first listen through i mean i wasn't really paying attention i just had it on and i was like "Mm, this kind of sounds like more of the same Mm -hmm. but i mean it's not bad but it's not you know it's not blowing me away but it you know subsequent listens you dig in a little deeper Mm -hmm. and you know read the lyrics along with it and stuff i think it it gets better with more listens i think it did there's definitely a Few songs that you know didn't didn't do a lot for me, but
0: it's I kind of changed on songs as I listened to that I didn't initially yeah. like that I kind of came around to liking, and I probably listened six times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I
1: think I did that too on a couple.
0: So I gave it a good good go, which is one thing I think I like that we delayed recording a bit because I got to listen a few more times. So an album comes yeah. out on Friday and.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, quick turnaround.
0: It is very quick, and you don't necessarily get to sit with it. So, well, mm-hmm. let's kick it off. Let's talk about the title track. This is the uh, album opener as well. Patient number no. nine. This was one released. Uh, oh, geez, two months ago, probably Something like a month that. and a half ago. So it was. It's been a bit. It features Jeff Beck, and I like it a lot. It almost feels prog rocky a little bit, and it's a, longer. Um, got a really cool groove, and it made me. Like, you just kind of always question, is Ozzy going to be Ozzy? Is he going to – at what point is he too old or too sick to continue? And he sounds fantastic. Yeah, and his – Go ahead.
1: His, his vocals uh, – the man is 72 years old, and his vocals, he's lost nothing. He sounds outstanding.
0: Agreed. I wanted really wanted to hear him at the halftime show of the college football kickoff. Well, you did and it for shun. like nine seconds, right? <sighs> ridiculous yeah and then we had to listen to these numbnuts yammer on um while he's in the background and i'm like can we just listen to ozzy please (laughs) but no they didn't yeah
1: i'm glad i wasn't watching that it probably would have pissed me off
0: yeah it was frustrating because the little snippet they showed he sounded fantastic live um and it's not like all these other halftime shows where everybody's lip-syncing and dancing and all that he's actually singing hey it's a musician what do you know so but I dig the song a lot. Um, it feels like it's almost a story. And mm. very cool. Have you seen the video? I never did watch the video. of you?
1: Yes. Uh, it's fun. It's kind of a sort of a horror movie-ish. It would make sense. Theme. like Yeah. Arkham it's Asylum cool. kind of thing. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. I will definitely do that. Uh, what about Immortal? Um, the Mike mccready of it all didn't really do much for me. I mean, it, it's a guitar solo, I guess. It You know, it's not, didn't blow my mind. Uh, Duff's bass line is pretty killer. Mm-hmm. And the vocal melodies in this song are straight up 1980s Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. I love the vocals in this song.
0: This is one that I was talking about that I came back around on. Yeah. And I wasn't sure in the beginning. And it's Mike McCready's fine. He's not the star. You're right. But the opening of this gave me a feel of running with the devil. Okay. Just those, the tone of the guitar that opened the song, maybe. There's just something there. Listen back and see if you would recognize it. But that's the feel I got from him immediately. And um, I dug this one quite a bit. But it was a, a comeback around her for me. Yeah. Parasite next song, Zach Wild.
1: Yeah, this is the first time we get uh Zach back in the fold. Um, so that's cool. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of crazy flashiness, just kind of Zach being Zach. Um mm-hmm. uh this is also the first song in the album where we get Taylor Hawkins, and you can feel it. The drums mm-hmm. are outstanding. Um the chorus on this song lost me a little bit. It's a little too too much of a pop feel, I guess. I don't know. That's the only way I can think to describe it.
0: The but yeah, I dug a verse though. I, yeah. I think the verses were better.
1: Very solid riffs on the, I mm-hmm. think on the verses, but then when it goes into the chorus, it's a little I don't know. It's it's almost like too much of a swing. Like I don't mind pop, you know, when it works, but it's almost like it's too much of a swing
0: yeah it was, it was a little pitchy dog <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I couldn't resist sorry um, no I dug the uh, in the verse the the line a troubled little boy murder scene made of broken toys never had no love never had no choice found comfort in my sense I thought that was pretty yeah. cool um, th- and that does not sound poppy <laughs> you know what right. I mean that, that yes. lyric is is good
1: it's the delivery not the lyrics yeah
0: yeah um no escape from now was one of the snoozers for me
1: okay um well here we get tony iomi so yep. got a little black sabbath reunion mini <laughs> reunion here and it definitely had like that um tuned down doom mm-hmm. kind of doomy kind of sabbath feel to it but that's really about it i mean other than that like yeah it didn't Um, the other song that Tony Iommi's on, I think is much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. I tried a couple of times. It just didn't grab me. Yeah. So next up is one of those days featuring Eric Clapton. And um, I dug this one quite a bit. I could see people go either way on it. Super catchy chorus. It almost has a poppier chorus as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I just like the sentiment of the song you know, in the midst of everything that's going on. It's, it's one of those days you can't believe in Jesus because it is awful out there. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I like a lot of the ideas in the <laughs> lyrics. But yeah, the, this song for me, I think, was more of what you had on the last song. Like, I just wasn't wasn't really feeling it. Didn't, I mean, I don't know. The, the clapton of it all didn't really do a lot for me. It, it's, I don't know. Just kind yeah. of meh.
0: <laughs> He's not eating any bad heads on that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that to me, look sounds like it could be on a radio top 40 ish type chart. Yeah, maybe. So, um, next one is A Thousand Shades featuring Jeff Beck. And uh, I like this one
1: um yeah this is kind of a uh, don't know like a requisite power ballad type mm-hmm. song um yeah. middle middle of the album mm-hmm. you know slow it down a little bit kind of bring him in with a little softer gentler side and but then he's singing like a thousand shades of darkness so mm-hmm. you know
0: <laughs> it's still ozzy <Aussie. laughs> it still is, i love the line the past is dead the future's haunted what happened to today <laughs> so i thought that was uh some clever lyrics um but yeah i like that one i i didn't love it it wasn't one that just pounded me in the head said listen to me but it was good and that brings us back around to my darkness that you had spoken of earlier oh yeah sorry mr darkness i was mm-hmm. uh, away from my screen so um, what'd you dig about it Um,
1: I really actually I like the dynamics of this one kind of when it started out, like I think the first time I heard it again, like I just had it playing and I was doing something else it didn't really grab me. But then when you you sit down and really listen to it, the dynamics are really great. Um, Mm -hmm. The, you know, part changes, tempo changes. And like I said, this is the first one I was like, holy crap, the band on this song Mm -hmm. is just stupid, stupid good. So
0: and it this kind is of a, feels like, I think you're exactly right. Some of those other songs before could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think having Mike McCready made that song fantastic. I don't think Jeff Beck on a thousand shades made all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, or Eric Clapton. They just seem like, okay, songs, but that you're right. This one felt like a big cohesive. Yeah. Interface. And kind of like patient number nine, I felt like was probably another one that felt like that too. So.
1: Yeah. And this was uh, one of the cool things. Like I didn't really even think about it till just a few minutes ago. But um, Trujillo was in Ozzy's band Mm -hmm. for uh, at least an album cycle somewhere Mm -hmm. in there. So him and Zach, you know, they've played together before. So that's kind of cool to see them back together. And they obviously sound fantastic. So,
0: yeah. Uh, Next one, Nothing Feels Right. This is the second of three in a row by Mr. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, not my, much
1: there, not much for me on this one.
0: My my biggest note was it's got a nice guitar solo, yeah. But nothing else. I did like the line that my reflection is my favorite drug. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking at It's kind
1: of yeah. This is kind of a you know, um, starting the back half of the record, kind of a kind of a filler track.
0: It felt like, and I hate that you've got this much talent on a record and you have a couple of songs that feel like fillers. That's, yeah. If I'm going to say anything negative about the record, it's probably that. Um, And the next song, Evil Shuffle, kind of brought me back in. It's a Zach Wilde again. It's got a bit of a bluesy feel that I really dug. It's got, it
1: sounds like uh, some evil blues.
0: Yes. And it's got this cool lyric groove that Ozzy just sort of fits right in. It's yeah. got a really nice breakdown. And um, in the middle there, it's not your typical brain-melting wild solo. It, that doesn't come until the end when we have our nice tempo build up, and then he hits you with his typical solo. Yeah. But uh, the, I thought the one in the middle was nice, and it was a difference that was uh, maybe not what I expected, but it was really cool in the song.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with all that. And I would also add that uh, Robert Trujillo's bass tone on this one is outstanding. Yeah. Just really, really killer low end on that one.
0: Yeah, I love that. That was a good song. That brought us back. Uh, next song, Degradation Rules. Uh, not one for the kids, per se.
1: I um, like this song a lot. <laughs> it's
0: a good song. And uh, this is The Red Tube Rules suggestion came from taylor hawkins um and that was when uh ozzy was saying some really nice things about hawkins after he had passed yeah and uh it's got a nice touch a little harmonica mm-hmm. it's another one's got a super cool groove this one features iomi as well yep super and heavy and, tone
1: uh, on with tony and um i don't remember if this one i don't remember if this one's Trujillo or duff or somebody else they had there was another bass player yeah. but I don't remember who it is, but the the tone, the bass and the guitar, just, man, killer, killer, heavy tone.
0: Yeah, Evil Shuffle and Degradation, the two together, really mm-hmm. kind of made the back half for me. Yeah. So that was great. The next one, Dead and Gone, featured Chad Smith and Robert Trujillo. Mm-hmm. I was a bit let down on this one. Um, just didn't hit me in the right spots.
1: Yeah, it's not mind blowing. Uh, it's a solid jam and, you know, obviously outstanding rhythm section there, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, solid tune, not outstanding.
0: And God only knows second to the last song. This one is Taylor Hawkins Mm -hmm. and I was just confused by the chorus. I couldn't couldn't (laughs) dig my teeth into this one at all. Um, yeah. Um, they had an
1: interesting effect on Taylor's snare sound that, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of cool uh, it's not something i don't think i'd want to hear all of the time but it made it sound a little different um aussie's vocals on this song are pretty impressive like I, I his i don't know he shows i think a lot of his range on this one which i mean you think of Ozzy osborne you don't necessarily think of range but it, this is a really good song vocally for him i think
0: i think he regardless if i like the song i think he shined on about every song on the record um he just he's got a really cool way of like the melody and his lyric writing go really Mm -hmm. well together and he just creates these really cool grooves with his voice and he just sounds smooth so and nobody else sounds like him that's for sure and i thought he was outstanding across the whole record
1: yeah This would also have been a good song to go out on, but then we end up with "Dark Side Blues," which (laughs) Which, you said was recorded like two years ago.
0: It was written in nineteen or recorded in nineteen, but came out in February, I think, of twenty twenty. Huh. I know, and I didn't like this. What? I'd have to look it up again.
1: I don't. I have no idea. I've never heard it before, but it feels. I mean knowing that after I heard it makes more sense. Cause it does feel like something that was just kind of tacked on. I don't know. It feels like a strange way to outro a record.
0: Agreed. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can find this spot again.
1: I mean, it's just like a weird little thing that's less than two minutes long. It's, I don't know. Um, it of, says kind of
0: awesome. it was recorded. Um, recorded at epic records, 2019 release date, February 21st, 2020. Hmm. Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know. I've never heard it before.
0: Yeah. And I don't think it fit the record, so I'm not sure why it was there.
1: It would have been cool as like, like right in the middle, you know, like maybe like you almost think about it as like sides of an album or sides of a, cassette, show my age, mm-hmm. Um but like a way to to maybe end the first side of the cassette and then you flip it over and, you, you know, get back into the jams. But or you have not,
0: to let the cassette run for five minutes and then it shows up. And if yeah, you didn't have like, the patience yes, to wait, you didn't get to right. hear it.
1: Yeah. It's like a weird little tag on that way would make more sense. Like it, it's that way. It's just kind of a little nugget of a reward for somebody that just, you know, or like you fall asleep listening to it. And then that comes in and you're like, Whoa, what's happening? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, it feels weird here. Just tacked on the
0: end. So as an album closer, I give it a fail. Yeah. Right. You know? So, All right. Let's rate this record and will we listen again? out of five? What do you give it? Um, I I'd probably go three seven five. I don't it
1: doesn't quite hit a four for me. There's a lot I like here. There's several that kind of I could give or take. So I think that brings it down to a three seven five for me.
0: Okay. Um, I'm gonna go three and a half stars out of five. Because I feel like some of the songs with the amazing talent were underwhelming, but there were some true highlights that I absolutely love. Patient mm-hmm. number 9, fantastic. Really came around on Immortal. Loved uh, Mr. Darkness. Loved Evil Shuffle and Degradation Rules. So there were yeah. enough highlights that really raises it up for me. And I will listen again, but I will listen to songs. I don't know that I'll just do the record like I would like to do.
1: Yeah, I would say he's done these last two albums now with Andrew Watt. And I feel like Andrew Watt has brought something to Ozzy. Um, Maybe kind of gave him a new creative outlook on some things, maybe kicked it, you know, which kicked Ozzy in the ass a little bit. I, I wouldn't hate it if he didn't do more with him. I, I would be okay with Ozzy finding somebody else and doing something different next time. But, you know, whatever. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. Hopefully, we get it next time.
0: Exactly. So. And if we do, <laughs> we'll be reviewing that too. Yeah. Because you can't ignore Ozzy Osborne. Yeah. So, anyway. Still su- or pleasantly. not I shouldn't say surprised, but we're, I'm pleased with it. And just... I guess I'm surprised in a way that he just continues to maintain that high level um, on every record at his age.
1: His vocals are just crazy good, man. For he hasn't lost anything. Mm -hmm.
0: No, no, and so I don't even think you have to rate this record and look at it as well. This is Ozzy at 72. It's just it's Ozzy, and it sounds great. Absolutely, so. Anyway, I don't.
1: Uh, it, I I would. I I think I might actually do this. I might go listen to, um, just taking in his solo career as mm-hmm. a whole. I I might go listen to Blizzard of Oz and then listen to this and see if I can tell any difference in his voice whatsoever. <laughs> just listening to this, I I don't. I don't feel the okay.
0: difference. Here's the challenge for next week. We're gonna do a little Aussie deep dive okay and we're gonna no seriously let's do this let's go back to his let's go back through his career let's let's look at vocal samples and lyrics and see how he's changed in the last 40 45 years i guess we go back to all the way back into the early 70s if we really wanted or whatever 60s but well you just want to do solo only
1: uh yeah because um in black sabbath it was really geezer writing most of yeah. the lyrics Okay, so it let's just not. start
0: off then. That's yeah. cool. I think Tony so, can get behind that too if he joins us next week.
1: And there's some, I mean, there are some, I mean, Ozzy doesn't write all of his lyrics. He he does write lyrics, but I mean, like just off the top of my head, there's several songs on No More Tears that Lemmy wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. I guess but, we'll have
0: to differentiate that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this challenge just got more intriguing. <laughs>
1: Uh, you thought it was a simple challenge. But... I
0: did. I did. I, I, I lose. I again. have to ruin that for you. No, that's all right. We're. I just. It'll be curious to see if we can notice any kind of differences um, from then, or if it's just basically a musical change that we're noticing more than anything. No,
1: I. I don't think thematically he's really changed all that much. It's, yeah. I think maybe around no more tears he might have got. Well, I was going to say he might have gotten a little more sentimental, but. I mean, he did some ballads and stuff before that, even in yeah. Black Sabbath, I guess. But
0: Yeah. So um, it's hard to say he went more mainstream. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. We'll chat about it. And I'm not sure what record we're doing next week. Uh, I haven't checked that out yet. I know three weeks is uh, Slipknot, so I'll be excited about that. But <laughs> until then, I don't know. It's going to be horrible. Yeah, it might be. We'll see. <laughs> I, I'll be very harsh if it is, because I'll be so disappointed I won't be able to hide it. <laughs> So you'll know it's going to be an honest one.
1: I started following, uh, Jay Weinberg on Facebook and man, it's fun. He posts a lot of cool drum videos, just, mm-hmm. you know, performance of a songs, the drum cam and stuff. It's he's fun to watch.
0: And he's so good at art. Did you see his art show?
1: I did not. I, I saw he did one. I didn't see any of the stuff. He
0: posted it all over Twitter. I'll just send you some stuff, but, um, yeah, he had his own art installation at a, a and he had a big show, and yeah, it, the paintings are really big. I mean, they're fantastic. He's really talented. So, I'm not sure where, if it was a studio or a museum, or where it was, but yeah, I'll find it for you. Don't you worry. All right. Okay. So, last musical point before we jump into the final issue of Sandman, which we don't have as much to talk about with it this week, because... well. We it's not the final story. issue
1: of Sandman. It's the final issue of the Doll's, Doll's House. Story. Dolls. <laughs>
0: correct. And I guess you should say it's the final issue that represents the finale of the show, season one, as well. Um, sort of.
1: Pretty much. Because the, the next issue is then the last episode of the... Part of the last episode.
0: I haven't read the next issue yet. How can there be more?
1: The next one's Calliope, which they did on the bonus episode.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen that yet, so...
1: And we haven't gotten to the cat issue yet either.
0: Yeah, yeah, I knew that, but... Okay. So here's my question for you, and this came up to me. So they did the Taylor Hawkins um, show a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and, yes. and Getty and Alex got back together, mm-hmm. and they played sure. some Rush songs. Yep. And um, had a stand-in drummer, right? And Dave Grohl did a fantastic job, and... All the comments forever and ever and still come out. They can't tour. They can't play Rush songs. They can't create anymore because it's not Rush. These they are can fans. Do whatever they want. That, oh, they said they would never do that. Well, and I'm just thinking, this is getting Alex. They're the ones that created the band. Neil wasn't there when they created it. Yeah. If they want to go on, they have every right in the world to go on. I mean, I don't understand this idea that. Yeah, Will it cheapen the idea of Rush? No, because all of the Neil Peart Rush stuff is still there. We all know how integral yeah. he was to that whole well, thing. But if they want to play, they're 70 years old. If they want to go out playing Rush stuff, yeah, they've earned it. <laughs> Quit saying they can't do yeah. what they want to do. It drives me crazy. And then that brought up um, Pantera, which was I was going to ask you about because the two surviving members are planning to do a reunion yeah, of sorts.
1: So, uh, oh, uh there's a lot to unpack there. Um There is. Fan, fans seeing that and complaining and saying they can't do anything is ridiculous because it's their band, it's their music, they can do whatever the hell they want. Whether you like it or not, that's <laughs> a different story. They can do whatever
0: they want. They like to get on, like yell at people who even suggest that, Somebody would stand in and play drums for Neil, and it's like,
1: <sighs> I mean, if you don't like it, don't go see it. That's that, that is the thing. Like, I for me, and it's across the board. I mean, it's comics, music, mm-hmm. movies, anything, series, TV series, fandoms are, I mean, it, it's.
0: It's it can ridiculous. be toxic.
1: It's, it's gotten, yes. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of it has gotten into being toxic, and just like e- everyone is so concerned about what they think these creators should do, or or what they want to happen, like that's that's how it has to be. I'm like, I mean, that's your opinion. Great. Nobody cares. Nobody yeah, cares and, what your opinion
0: is. In with Rush, everybody wants to say, well, they've said they're not going to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's great. If they don't want to do it, that's great. fine. But what if they got the bug? Yeah. yeah. They, they played those songs and like, man, we can still do this. We don't we don't have 30 more years of playing this music, but we can still do it right now. What, how, what would stop them? I mean...
1: How many bands have said, this is our last tour? This is our last album?
0: We saw Aussies last year.
1: This is... <laughs> This is, you know, last tour, last album. How Mm -hmm. many bands break up, change members, get back together, do like it's Mm -hmm. people change their minds. They're allowed to change their minds. It's they're not any different than anyone else just because they are your favorite thing in the whole wide world. They're still people and they still are creatives and they yeah, like they, if they put their instruments down, and then two weeks later they're like, "Yeah, I need to pick that back up." They're gonna do it, and yeah. more power to them. Like I, I can't imagine playing an instrument and creating music and touring and doing everything that they have done for most of their lives,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more more of their lives than they have not at this point, and just put that down and walk away from it and not have any urge to do that whatsoever again.
0: Yeah. That seems insane to me. Exactly. And let's say that they wanted to record an album and they had uh, Danny Carey step in because he's an amazing drummer. Tom Sawyer still sounds the same. Red Barchetta is not any different. It didn't change anything they've made. That was another thing that
1: the whole, um, that steps into the thing that I love when people, when idiot fans say, Oh, they're ruining my childhood. I'm like, no, <laughs> everything you loved when you were a kid is still fucking out there. Go watch it. Go listen to it. Shut up. Right. Like if, if they, if they want to make something new. It's going to be good or bad. You can watch it or not. You can hate it or love it. People, people, properties especially companies that own these properties if they want to try to do something and make more money off of it they have every right to do that whether you like it or not
0: well how cool right is it that. that that a concept that i love as a child maybe change slightly and get an entire new group of people or kids yeah. or that come in and now love the same thing that you love yeah. but Maybe they wouldn't have loved it the same way you yeah. did because it was the way back then, but now it's changed a little bit and now they get to be part of this group. How cool is that?
1: A uh, good example of that is the Thundercats.
0: Mm-hmm. I, was,
1: I love the Thundercats. I still love the Thundercats. It was one of my favorite shows when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Absolutely love it. They made a new one. Um, God, what was that? It's almost 10 years ago now, I yeah, think. Maybe low. 2012 or 2013, they made a new one. It was very, very different, but it was good. It was so good, mm-hmm. but they canceled it right away. And then they made another one that was like Teen Titans Go style. And it was right. stupid, horrible. It was I absolutely mm-hmm. hated it. But guess what? Who cares? I don't have to watch it ever. That's right. <laughs> I, That's right. I, you know, like uh, I can watch what I like and, and it's still there. It still exists in the world. They didn't erase it to make this new one. Yep. I, I hate that argument.
0: I do too. It drives me crazy. And it, you're right. If if they make it and I don't like it, I don't like it. It's fine. Somebody else can like it, and they're not an idiot because they do. Yeah. Anyway, but they so how do you um, so let's get back to the point though. How do you feel about Phil and Rex? What it doing? doesn't
1: bother me. Um I I would like them to figure out something to call it other than Pantera, this is Pantera. Like it's it's not Pantera. I mean, it's that's a situation where you're not just replacing one member, right? You're replacing half the band, <laughs> and it's it's, it's the founding it's,
0: members of the band. Yes, as well,
1: and yeah, like the heart and soul of that band, and mm-hmm. I, it's I like, and you know, like I said, Phil and Rex have every right to take whoever they want out and play Pantera songs. They can do that. They have every right to do that. If you don't like the idea, don't go see them. Don't give them your money. Absolutely, don't do that. <laughs> but there's but gonna it, be lots of people there. I would go see it because holy shit. I was gonna say, I'm Rex, definitely gonna, I'll go for sure. Rex and Phil playing with Zach Wild and Charlie Benante. Are you kidding me?
0: I know. Uh, yeah i know what you're saying i don't care what they call it i would go watch that so yeah
1: but i i like yeah you know like i don't know they could call it like rex and phil's tribute to pantera or i don't know some stupid name like that but uh, it is it pantera and eh, not really i but you know it's their thing they can do whatever they want with it whether i like it or not
0: i know but to be honest I, I would I would like to go see Alex and Getty one more time. <laughs> sure. I don't care if they're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Selfishly, I would. And I guarantee if, if before, and maybe they had the conversation, I don't know. But if they asked Neil, hey, would you give your support if we wanted to go on and play? You know he would say, of course. Because he was a great guy. He would not do that to two people and, that he loved and played and with for that long.
1: How do you know they didn't have that conversation before he passed away? Exactly.
0: I bet in some way he gave them the go-ahead.
1: I, I Yeah, I mean, who's to say? But yep. either way, I mean, that that's also a cool situation where they could, I don't know what, you know, logistically this might be a nightmare, but they could, if they picked like two, three, four different drummers to take on tour with them and everybody plays a few songs, you know, that'd be cool. But if they're touring, this is the logistical nightmare. If they're touring, they could hook up with these other tours and see who's close to wherever they're going to be, and Mm -hmm. you know, have a special guest here and there or whatever. I'm sure that is that would be a nightmare for them. But yeah, yeah, I mean, take a few drummers out, let them, you know, play a few songs, switch out, play a few songs, you know, something. I don't know, do something fun with
0: it. No, this is our show, so I'm pushing. It has to be Danny Carey the whole time. Bringing yeah, his right. Scale. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie could come too. I don't care. He's good. Sure, and yeah. I, I would take Dave Grohl because he did a fantastic job <laughs> in that little show, and he loves them. Oh, he would yeah. probably put aside the Foo Fighters to go do a yeah. tour with them because he loves them so much. Did you Did you watch the show
1: that he did that Grohl did with his mom about with other artists and their moms? I don't think so. What was I'll line? have to. I'll have to find that in send it to you because he did an episode it was it's girl and his mom talking to each episode is an artist and their mother and they talk about what they did growing up and the moms talk about like how it was you know supporting them and doing this hmm. and that and troubles and everything it's really really cool but they did an episode with getty and his mother
0: i i may have seen part of that Uh, just watching little different snippets of yeah yeah his mom's interesting lady too yeah okay well that was fun and so basically monday and i uh love our groups and whatever they Mm -hmm. want to do we're for it okay good (laughs) because we're not loser fans who dictate Uh, what our favorite people should be doing
1: toxic fandom damn
0: it (laughs) but if they screw up daredevil I am going on a campaign. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I did see Charlie said something about it being a reboot. So I'm like, mm, I
0: don't know if we need that. But no, it just you know they're doing that storyline. Well, they've already done part of the storyline. Yes. Yeah. It's so, a born again. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. I have confidence. The last parts were fantastic. He is amazing. The supporting cast is great. Now yep. they can bring She-Hulk in. Yeah. And Madison, and we are set. So. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to tackle? We're on issue number 16 of Sandman, which closes up the main part of the Netflix series. We could
1: say it even closes the door on the doll's house.
0: But boom. That's all folks. We're out. <laughs> um, no, good issue. There was lots of cool stuff going on here. And um it was fair. This is. It was fairly close to the show. I mean, yeah, really. I, I um,
1: that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the landscape's a little different, but mm-hmm. um, I love the art in this issue. I like all the close-ups on Dream Man, um, Dringenberg and Malcolm Jones. The uh, third, it's so good. Yep, I love the the scratchy ink work. Really, really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and I like Gilbert. The way he's done in this, mm-hmm. um, he looks fantastic, and uh, there's just lots of uh, lots of cool stuff in this one. And it re- it starts off and basically does what they they did in the in the show, explaining the vortex, having that conversation with Rose at the end that he's got a killer, and yeah. Um, again, he's not a heartless person. He kind they of keeps is
1: apologizing.
0: Yes, exactly. He he's got time. a job to do, and he's cold in that respect. Because there's nothing he can do. He has to kill her. But he is sort of apologetic. And he understands that he's taking someone's life. So yeah. kind of an interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah, really. And she kind of, you know, at the very beginning, she's kind of trying to grasp the idea. And he's, she's like, so this is a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then she's like, oh, well, you know, it's a dream. Sooner or later, I'm just going to wake up. So no big deal. Nope. <laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, and eventually she says, I don't understand it, but I believe it. Yeah. Um, And then um, we get some more conversation with the Fiddlers Green and Matthew Mm -hmm. as they walk. They even uh, changed the dialogue box for him so you can tell he's squawking, which is kind of a nice little touch, I think. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Yeah,
1: some of this... Yeah, it was pretty cool to... I mean, some of this was... uh, a lot of it they used, but they kind of rearranged in the show. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little touches, and like, oh, he said that in the show. Oh, he said that, mm-hmm. but it was kind of you know, mixed together a little more. Like some of the stuff that Gilbert is saying as he's coming back into the dreaming, he said, as he's standing there in the show with Rose and Dream. So they changed, you know, change the order. I like around that they the used.
0: Most. I like that they use uh, a lot of the dialogue. It's so well written, anyway, and so intentional that it was perfect. Why, why rewrite it? I mean, yeah, why change it? And uh, so it's cool that they used a lot of that. I like the
1: page where Dream is explaining the vortex to Mm -hmm. Rose. That is very cool, and he just kind of took a whole page to do that, and it's kind of dark and moody and pretty cool. And he's trying to explain himself to her, and. Because she said she didn't, she said, why me? So then we get this page and, you know, it's really like, there is no answer for why her, but he kind of tells her what it is.
0: Yeah. And what is kind of cool is it's really a text heavy page, but it's still rendered beautifully. There's a ton of artwork and um, it's laid out really, really well, but it, it is text heavy. A lot of times when you get text heavy stuff, it's a lot of small boxes and, yeah Um, mostly covered with the words but this one's done really well i I like like
1: the yeah i like how he kind of wraps it up and it's almost like he's trying to justify it to her but to himself as well Mm -hmm. and he said it happened once A world was lost eons ago and half a universe away i failed in my duty a whole world perished it will never happen again
0: right um yeah, and then so she kind of like tries to appeal to this. Well, you're like a god, right? And he, no, I am not on, omnipotent. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are even limits. There's It kind of goes throughout. There's a lot of little hints about him not being um, omnipotent or not being a god or, you know, yeah. like he does have limits to what he can do. Yeah, which... well,
1: that, that comes up here when he's telling mm-hmm. her that and it comes up later when he's talking to Desire and yep. kind of breaking down to her you know, like the, her, her, him, her, her, it, him. Yeah. her him, it, what a, mm-hmm. in the thing they say, it, I think yeah. now it would probably be a they, them kind of thing, but yeah. Um, but he's selling desire, you know, we, we are not their masters. If anything, they influence are,
0: us. Yeah. We are their playthings or something like that yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, that's a cool dynamic, I think. Yeah. Um, so about that, point we get to the end and then Gilbert finally makes it there in an attempt to save Rose to, to basically give his own life in exchange for hers.
1: Right. And of course that dream says that's yep. not how this works. <laughs>
0: yep. Nice try, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Not an option. Um, which then as that's not an option, we get the option on the next yeah. page, flip over and then there's old Unity. hmm Going to sleep, which is perfect timing to go into the dream world, right? Yep. Um, which
1: I thought that they changed that up a little bit here, too. Well, we're mm-hmm. not quite there yet. So she goes to sleep, and then we'll, I'll, yeah. I'll save what I was going to say. But, um, so yeah. So then it's still just kind of, you know, then her and Gilbert are saying their goodbyes. And, you know, I like Matthew. He's like, death isn't that bad. Get used to it. I did. Yeah.
0: yeah well he yeah he even says something to rose at one point about well you know you could come back i mean you know do something like this but i don't know that she's down with that so to speak yeah and then um her and gilbert say goodbye
1: and then poof he's gone and fiddler's green comes back
0: the place yeah that that was very much like the show Yeah. And and how that happened. And again, the casting in the show was so good. You can't look at him there on the page and not think of that casting.
1: Yep. This is reading this. I'm definitely, it's one of those things where, like, as soon as Kevin Conroy was Batman, like, that's all I hear when I read Batman. You know, like, this is the (laughs) same, same things happening here. Like, that Gilbert is 100% Stephen Fry. So,
0: yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, sorry, Rose. There's nothing personal about this. We all have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Of the, and I so, like
1: how she starts getting defiant. She's like, "Just stop apologizing and do it already!" Yeah,
0: for Christ's <laughs> sakes, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Which, yeah, he's getting ready to kill her, and then, ba doom, stop. And here so is this Unity. is what I
1: was. This is yes. what I was going to say. Unity okay, comes in. They did
0: not do this in the show.
1: Uh, but she comes back as her, as a younger self, which I think is weird here Mm -hmm. because this unity, I, I can't, I don't know if she's supposed to be her age when she fell asleep originally, but it seems like she would, she's older than that here, but how would she know herself at, at this age?
0: i took this as this is how she sees herself in the dream since she's dreaming her own dream and she's a child that would be the vortex yeah right though she's not the same age she would be when she went to sleep yeah
1: she never knew herself at what this age seems to
0: be yeah
1: so i don't know but yeah it's i mean it's a dream anything can happen
0: (laughs) that's what we're going with right
1: convenient
0: Um, but she shows up, and she pitches her idea, and he's like, Rose is the Vortex, and she's yes. like, but I should have been. Yes. But he was imprisoned for all of that time. Yeah,
1: and this is straight from the page to the book. She takes the, you know, the heart, Rose's quote-unquote heart, like, so that she can then become the Vortex, and so now I am the Vortex, take me and let Rose live. So that yeah. was... And-
0: that panel with the heart, yeah, is almost the exact panel, yeah. from of the Nada story mm-hmm. because they do like when they're telling the story, you remember, yeah, um, and that whole thing, there's that exact thing of handing that heart, okay, off. yes, I don't know if yeah, 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 an intentional yeah. connection, I know what you're or, saying, yeah, we'll see later, but, um, but anyway, yeah, so she takes on her spot as the vortex so she can be killed and do away with all of this vortex nonsense. Yeah,
1: and the this page that has the six panels of kind of Miranda by Unity's bedside, I feel like it's a little confusing. It almost feels like it's out of order to me because it it looks like Unity is like you know sitting up real fast in bed, and then she looks like her face looks like she's kind of dying, and then she's laying there. Is but that then her spirit? The next, I don't know what is going on here, but then the next panel is. Yeah, the, it's the, I don't know. It's the it,
0: left, the fourth panel that is confusing to me because it looks like yes. in the other one, her, her, that's her spirit, like giving up the spirit. And then she reaches over and she closes her eyes and then she's crying. But what is the screaming face?
1: I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if that's supposed to be... I don't feel like that's supposed to be Miranda because she's just sitting there calmly.
0: Oh, no, because Miranda's hair is pulled back, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. It's that's confusing. I that, think so, too. Yeah. I stumbled on that one. we are just not <laughs> smart enough, Monday. I guess.
0: I'm going to send Neil a letter. Yeah,
1: well, says. we'll send him an email and ask him.
0: Stay tuned. Next show, find out what in the <laughs> heck that panel is all about. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, so then, she has died. She has sacrificed herself. And then Rose so says, "I don't understand." Oh, go ahead. She's
1: still in the dreaming.
0: Yeah. Oh, you are talking about Rose? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's like Unity. She's
1: just... Unity is still in the dreaming. She says, "What happened? You died." Oh yeah, she's you
0: died. Let me help you up. <laughs> um, and then Rose asks if he's going to kill her. No need. Yeah. is gone. Yeah, I like that. It's almost like it. Not, nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> all good now. Um, little kind of, yeah, little dismissive. <laughs> well, then he just sends her off. Goodbye, Rose Walker. Yep. Boink, she's gone. And then she woke up. Um, and she did not seem happy about it. No, um, <laughs> but now it's all a dream to her. Yep. Like Six it's almost later. as if it did not happen. She just had this crazy dream.
1: Yeah, which, I don't know, all of this from, you know, this is obviously, it looks like it's typewritten, so we're seeing mm-hmm. um, Rose's journal, I guess, yeah. diary, whatever she calls it. Yeah. but And it's six months later, and she has apparently just been kind of a depressed mess and just kind of mostly stayed in her room for the last six months. So okay. we, we find her starting to come out of that.
0: Yep, she says, six months ago I had a really weird dream. That was the night that Unity died and Jed got better. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so now she's ready to actually do something with her life. Move on.
1: Yeah. So we see her cutting her cutting and dyeing her hair, and there's a lot of a lot of narration here from Rose.
0: Yeah, just catching up on Hal and Ken and Barbie, the spider, everybody that was in the house. You kind of <laughs> get a little update on all of them. And she touches on the diner
1: scene. And because one oh, of yes. the people in the diner was her friend, one of the people that died was her friend. Yep. So that had broken up with her girlfriend and was all depressed and stuff and had called her just before that. And then so she was one of the six people that died in the diner.
0: So six that's the kind of an Diner Death Riddle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kind of an interesting one of those Neil Gaiman tying everything together kind of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, it's all seamless. So um Yeah, that's kind of her story. Um Then shall we get to desire?
1: Uh yeah, I mean Rose kind of it shows her there's a just a lot of uh narration. I mean, it's basically her just coming out of it. She dyes her hair, she's getting dressed, putting makeup on and she kind of goes downstairs and her mom and her brother are there and she's they're like, "Oh, hi, you know, hi stranger." And uh you know, Jed's like, "I found a fox's den in the woods. You want to <laughs> see it?" She's like, "I would love that." So then she's back in the world and everybody lived happily ever after. <laughs> Except for Dream, yes, because then we see him sitting on his throne and moping. <laughs> he
0: he's a moper. Pretty much, he's, he's emo. Yeah,
1: he walks into the sigil room and picks up Desire Sigil. And...
0: Oh, I wanted to is it back here when you when you talk about emo or whatever? Yeah. Um, so this one? What in the heck? I'll have to find this again. I will continue on. There's a, something I wanted to bring up. Maybe it this... Okay.
1: Well, so Dream walks into the sigil room, picks up Desire's sigil, and calls to her, and they start talking, and he enters her um, whatever realm, whatever you want to call it, her chambers. Or I keep saying her. I don't know.
0: I know. Because I, it... they're
1: drawing, and this one most of the drawings look like a her. So that's what it's thrown me off. But gotcha. uh,
0: yeah, it really does look female and she looks like a cat.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> so. Like a cat costume. On or something.
0: <laughs> exactly. But uh, so yeah, so, woman from a low budget Batman movie.
1: Yeah. So then, Oh my gosh. No, it's the, what's her name? The Sean oh, from Blade Runner. Sean. What's her name? I can't remember. She's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, she went on Letterman or something dressed as Catwoman because she wanted to play Catwoman. And it, I, it was insane. Wow. She's like, yeah, she's nuts. But cool. anyway, um, that's what it kind of looks like. But uh, so this is where we have the conversation that was in the show. You know, Dream is like, I know you were meddling. In my affairs, and you were the cause of all of this. And um, yeah, I like that. Are you accusing me of interfering in another member of the family's domain? He said, <laughs> obviously, that's exactly what I'm doing.
0: I'm at, and I'm accusing you of more than that.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, so he accuses, you know, he tells Desire that he knows that Desire uh, was the one that fathered unity's child and all that. So which would have thrown, which caused Rose to be the vortex, but also, you know, if, if dream would have killed Rose, that's the whole, the endless are not allowed to spill the blood of their, of their right. blood and all of that, which obviously desire was trying to make happen. So, and dream was you know like do you have any idea what would have happened you know and he threatens desire basically mess mess with me or mine again and i will forget that you are family desire so
0: yeah oh here's the cool. the other line was we do not manipulate them if anything they manipulate us we are their toys their dolls yeah if you will yeah so, everybody's in the dollhouse, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. And I like, he's laying that out, and Desire's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And he's I like, his lines, I am afraid that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's kind of cool. Like, he's telling Desire all this stuff and threatening Desire and, you know, remember that sibling and blah, blah, just remember. And then it, the narration—it's like uh, as soon as Dream is gone, Desire just totally forgets all of that and doesn't care. <laughs> yep.
0: Poor Dream—I really got under his skin this time. Yeah. <laughs> and she smiles and forgets, for Desire is a creature of the moment. <laughs> yeah, which makes the character even more interesting.
1: Yeah. So, and that's that's it. That is
0: the Doll's House. Indeed. Oh, here's what I here's what I found. This is a note. According to the script, so when Rose is waking up and she's all you know upset and moody, it says she had been listening to Iggy Pop's The Idiot and Lust for Life, The Cowboy Junkies, The Trinity Season Session, and Lou Reed's Berlin, huh. which tells <laughs> okay. us she's she's depressed.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That'll yeah, do it. It's just
0: interesting that that has no bear, like you can tell she's sad and all that. Mm-hmm in the text, but he had to put in the notes. This is what she'd been listening to.
1: Probably could have thrown in some cure.
0: I think exists. Some Smiths, <laughs> Susie and the Banshees, whatever. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So that kind of brings to end a big one. And then um, I'm kind of excited about the next one. Now I'm going to read it and then watch. I'm going to do it in reverse order on this one. Yeah. That's good idea. And then we can talk about that one next time.
1: Yeah. Definitely some uh, made some changes. We'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So next week will be Sandman issue 17. A deep dive and figure out what in the heck's going on with Ozzy over the past 40 years. And some record. <laughs> Sound good? Sure. Yeah, I don't know.
1: If we can't find a record, we'll find a bunch of singles or something. We've done that before. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, we'll do We'll
1: figure before. it out. So,
0: all right, Mr. Mundy, Where can we find you
1: on Instagram, Metalhead Monday?
0: Yes, Metalhead Monday on Instagram. He puts really cool stuff on there, better than Joe Reif. <laughs> he used to put pictures of his couch and stuff. I I don't put anything as cool as Joe Reif on anything of mine, but you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Foggy's Pal. And if you want to find the show, you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and SoundCloud. And feel free to just um send money our way because we would love it. Um (laughs) if you are
1: listening, if if you are listening, you know, subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that stuff, talk
0: to us. Send money, and we'll um... talk back. Yes, we will talk back to you. We'd like more people to tell us we're full of crap. So we, we don't respond. have
1: so many fans that we can't respond to anyone. You know, it's a, we're a long, long way from that.
0: So. No, no, no. We have so many, but I'm a very fast typer.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: So I can keep up. Believe me, I'll just shut up for a few <laughs> minutes and just answer questions. I'll do it. Yeah. All right. Well, next week will be episode 125. It will uh, have the return of tea bags. So that is very exciting. And probably talk about some lyrics as well. So please tune in next Sunday night, 7 o'clock, uh, for another episode of Wandering's the Wool Gathering. And until then, uh, we will see you on our socials. Bye now. <laughs>